Hi, Hi Bollywood, Bollywood lovers. lovers. My name is Priley. My name is Ren. And this, this is, is Jumpy Pod, a podcast where we review Hindi movies and talk about Bollywood, our faves, and not so fave movies, featuring segments from us both, interviews, games, and lots of other fun stuff. Today, we're going to talk about Geraya and the trailer reaction of the most awaited Gangu Bai Katiawadi. Before we begin, we have a little segment called Priley's Highlights, where we see what's up, and what's hot, and what's not. So in today's highlights, uh, we saw Renthu Thomas and Sushmit Ghosh's uh, documentary film, Riding With Fire, being nominated for Academy Awards. And it's a cute little video. Go check it out. It's been shared all across our social media, and it's about a, a Dalit uh, journalist you know, who uh, comes of age during this movie. There was the Bare Mia Chote Mia teaser that's been out with Akshay and Tiger and, and this very explosive teaser of sorts and, you know, some war 2.0 chemistry going on. Very cute. Uh, talk of the town almost. We saw some wedding bells for Moni Roy and Karishma Tanda and... Moni Roy is someone who's so personal to me. I mean, she's in the show that's my most guilty pleasure, Noggin. She started that show, and then, you know, I've been seeing her in, like, tidbits here and there. And Karishma, of course, I saw her in Big Boss, and I'm, I'm so happy for these girls. And they had two of the most glamorous weddings of 2022. You know, we're starting the year off just right. Um, and I love this for Moni, and I think she deserves this. And I think her husband's gorgeous. That which you know nothing about money is not. Um, moving on to what's not hot this week is Miss Sarah Ali Khan's prank on her staff uh, Jaru. That film fair was so blissful to share on social media, and I was a little bit thrown off by it. And I I want to I want to hear what people think. So uh, let us know. Does Sarah deserve to be called out, or do you think it was just a harmless prank on her end? In the end, Lata Mangeshkar passes away at 92 with COVID complications. We'll always remember her as our beloved playback for everyone between Madhuri and Madhubala and all the muses in between. All her great music that she gave to VRF, you know, it's it's hard to forget. I think it's embedded in our memory now. And on Jabri Pod, we're deeply saddened by the news and our thoughts are with her family. Let's take a second to like simmer in and really uh, like settle down and talk about Geharanya, like initial thoughts and feelings. <laughs> yeah, I think it was an experience, like not just the plot, but like the whole movie. It just felt like such a cinematic release, like from end to end, the way they did their marketing, the way they all like showed up for the trailer, the way they marketed the songs and... The, you know, published a magazine. Like, it was such a great experience and I've had a moment to ruminate on it. Just loved the mm. depth of the movie. Like, just chef's kiss. Those are my initial thoughts. Yeah, it really felt like a cinematic release and uh, it felt like an event, right? Felt like this was, they were aiming for the blockbuster numbers. They were really trying to, you know, get the audience coming in. Um, I liked it. You know, budget was was spent, money was spent. It was conspicuous, and um, everyone showed up, showed up and showed out. So it that's beautiful. great. And I hope that you know, yeah, more be very beautiful. Pretty I mean, I people, have pretty faces. Something uh, to say scenario. about this Thailand, but mm, I think Deepika did a great job. Like they were trying oh, to, yeah. you know, promote her hair. The just it was, like, I want her hair. I need to get my hairstyle like hers. It was I really enjoyed. I, I liked can it. get you those. I can get you the contacts, Miss Thin. I can get you people. I can get people to do that for you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think they did a good promo run. They got people talking. Um, I think that's a huge reason why this became Amazon's uh, most watched Bollywood release. It was like it was at what six point five mil. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a crazy in. number of people. Just, Just think about, about it. it. About the plot, about the movie itself, for yeah. me, it felt uh, indie, but in, in a good way, but, uh, you know, in, in, in a bad way, it also felt too long. And I was I was confused, not confused, but I was kind of underwhelmed by the plot. It felt too surface level. I felt like they didn't dive 
really deep and there was opportunity there. There was room to really go deep and, you know, uh, scrape out like just the dirt, but they did not. I, I For me, it remained very surface level at many, many points. Um, how do you feel about that? Yeah. And it's kind of I, I, ironic in a way. And this is not to say anything against Shakun because we obviously absolutely love him and the work he's done. Um, but definitely, you know, the whole theme was built around infidelity and there were parallel plot points that were happening. And of course, the audience could make the connection, but it wasn't like delved that deep into to draw those connections. And I think perhaps that would have even, you know, put the cherry on top. Exactly. And so I get it. Like, <laughs> it was good, but it wasn't great, you know, and like the complexity of the relationships, it was there, but the complexity within like diving deep right and showing how people fall in love or like how people exactly lust like i think maybe that those tiny transitions were missing what do you think i fully agree with that i think everything was uh you know everything settled in um a little too easily like uh this this estranged cousin who uh Deepika Padukone's character I'm just gonna refer to them as their characters right so Alicia has not seen Tia in about eight to ten years right uh she invites her on like a beach vacation at like their uh their ancestral home if you may or like their uh what do you call it like the vacation home right like where yeah their uh, family, their property. family yeah. property and Goa and Ali Aligard, is that what it's called? Is that what it's, what it, what it was called? Alibog. Alibog, Alibog. <laughs> and there's no tension. There's no resistance. Maybe a little bit in the beginning. And I think that's where the actors really, you know, showed up. The actors really uh, carried it because the plot was too thin, for the lack of a better word. It was too linear. Um, and I think the actors did mo most of the heavy lifting. You could see the nuances in, like, Deepika. She was a little bit restrained. Uh, her boyfriend, Karn, however, was not. He just, you know, he goes in for a full cuddle with uh, uh, Tia. And they're right there. They become besties. You know, it's like they've never been disconnected. And I think it, it's established that he spent some time with her in the States studying together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like you see that. You see that comfort level. Different. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I saw yeah. the dichotomy of the two relationships. Right. And I, uh, but still, it, it, I could have used a little bit more drama. I understand that this is, this was meant to be more indie. And I understand that people grow. Maybe Shakun did not want to make a Kapoor and Sons. Maybe he did not want to make an ache Maorotic too uh this felt different this felt like he's grown in a different direction and that's fine that's fine we you know we celebrate nuances here we celebrate differences and uh people growing and such so yeah um okay i have this lumen question that has been haunting me since the movie ended was zane the villain this entire time am i the villain no am i the drama <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you did not? Okay, tell me why. Well, I was trying to complete the meme, but also I think that he got in his own way. He was his own sort of Achilles heel, to be frank. He was trying to do too many things at once. He was trying to have a successful business career, a successful romantic life. And he was just trying to attain too much at a time. And I'm sure he probably was in love with Alicia at one point because he invested in her app. But that slowly started faltering once his business side started faltering. You know, it just kind of came tumbling down altogether. Mm. And he got in his own way. Like, he didn't know where to prioritize or where to step down a little bit more on because he wanted to take on saving his business and caring for um, an unplanned pregnancy at the same time. Mm. Like, whoa. These two women in his life. Exactly. He was trying to be a provider. Okay, so I have a different takeaway on this. Tell us. I feel like, you know, because he does say a little later, well, earlier in the movie, he does say that he does not come from a privileged background, that he comes from a humble, uh, you know, setting where he did not grow up and like he came from a broken home. Uh, which he tells Alicia when he like when she like mocks her for saying something like oh like the sky is the limit or whatever you know rich people love to say like those sayings just like out there. This is why I feel like he was a villain from the beginning. 
they really, you know, pin him out. They really pin him out to be a um, opportunist. Like his whole relationship with Tia, I do not, I could not see why someone like Zayn would be with someone like Tia, other than the fact that she has hordes of cash. That she's like a rich, rich girl. Uh, with major, major connections, and it seemed like the business alliance that she got him into, the investors, she got her family to invest and whatever, um, I feel like that was really, that that either made or break, uh, that was a make or break of their relationship. It really felt like that to me. B, uh, he gets interested in Deepika a little too soon for me to like really invest in it and then soon as he learns that she's trying to build this app or whatever he's like all right i'll bring the investors in and not just the app he gets her a studio which to me felt like he was trying to launder money by by using her name you know and then later on when he needs money uh, when he needs more money and investors start pulling away he goes back to tia he goes back to like fix his relationship and she points this out. She's like, oh, now that you need something from me, you suddenly have time. You suddenly have all these uh, weekends off. You know, she points it out uh, because she's like suspicious without giving too much away. So I feel like he was supposed to be, and maybe this is just my affinity for him. I feel like he was supposed to be this villain, but then he's introduced as like someone with so much charm and just oozing like a sexuality and like, you know, just sexiness. He's just, he's just there. Yeah. Because in real world, people don't just simply exist as villains. They exist as everyday people. And some people, they hustle I too agree hard with that. or their hustle literally gets in the way. Right. I feel like literally... that became that's what happened mm. like i definitely felt like sure it was lust with Deepika, but, but i hold also on think this thing because i'm not getting to the lust just yet we're, we'll get into the intimacy later i'm just getting into his character because he mm. came out to be the most interesting part of the movie for me uh right so uh i do think he was you know the villain but like very um under the sheath kind of villain like it's not a full out like guns of blazing um, he's not that. He's just a regular old guy. It was done in a manner because we all have vices, right? And that's what I was wanting to say. Mm -hmm. I think he played it really well. He was like a fox throughout the movie, but you do not really realize it. You know who realized it, though? Tia's mother. She clocked him from the second he walked in, honey. She knew. She clocked him. Was so, he a gold she knew it, and mom's always knew. And I, you know, I agree with her. I'm like, yes, Miss Girl. Yes, you That's work. Right. Uh, so, um, and now let's get into the intimacy factor. Yeah, I mean, tell us how you felt about them. Like, were they necessary to the plot? Or were they necessary to this film? Or do you think they could have completely been avoided? Like, why do you think it got the A rating that it did? Okay, listen. So this is my opinion on movies in general. I do feel like we need to become more sex positive as a society. Uh, there's nothing wrong with showing intimacy on the screens. Uh, and this A rating felt very irrelevant to me. I was like, why is there an A rating? Because I did not see any parked out of the lot kind of intimacy. There was no sex. It felt very neutered. It was mostly for the language. It was mostly the Yeah. But like... Even then, like, there's movies on Amazon that are really profane. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen some documentaries that are way too dark than this is, you know? So I get it that I needed this for an Indian belief. But um, the A rating, okay. It wouldn't have been able to go through the censor board in India. You know, maybe I swear too much. I agree with that. I second. I second. And maybe that. I'm on but... the other end of the spectrum. And so some of the words I thought they were absolutely filler words. Let's discuss because I feel like I swear too much. And so for me, it didn't feel like the rating was needed. For me, it felt normal. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's how people talk. The only people swearing were the boyfriends. The girls don't swear that much. Uh, the parents do not swear oh, as much. Deepika does. Deepika does when it gets to her. When you get under her skin, she does. Yeah, okay, if that's justified, where was the sex? Why was there an intimacy director brought in? Because, you know, these directors are brought in for... As far as I know, the HBO shows that have a lot of... Not me shying away from saying sex. Can we normalize it for once? I mean, it's just part of, like, 
a, a movie, right? Uh, sometimes it's it, part of life. Sometimes you need a, a stunt director as well. Like you need these types of people and their specialties. Like Shotgun is not going to know how to direct every single scene. He's probably a good general director because because there is no relationship that exists it's purely built on lust right within one or two meetings but where was the so lust eerily attracted to each other where is the lust there was i don't get it not for me okay canceled okay. <laughs> okay going back on the language going back on the language okay. piece i have to say sure you may you may um use more swear words I... and i may be on the other spectrum and not okay. use as many but still, sometimes, you, you may have felt it wasn't enough, but I felt like sometimes it was overly done to the point where there are multiple words in the English language that if you want to use to really actually complain mm. your feelings, mm. you can use those. Like, And I know the the class is very educated too, so you can have a plethora of words. And I think it was just like a, um, like a shock factor that they want to add in, and same for like showing skin too like it's definitely a shock factor right to introduce the audiences like honey they were too covered up they were on a yacht wearing like sarongs even girl even the boys uh you know it's no people are so mad at this movie they think it was glorifying cheating they think it's glorifying sex they think it's glorifying um profanity just glorifying just like glory and fine <laughs> So there was some. So do you think that they were glorifying cheating? Let's no. be honest. No. There were two cases of parallel cheating happening. Yes. Um, and then it's like reference back to the past. There were two parallel timelines, as you said. Right? There was emotional cheating too, which I feel a lot of people have missed. Uh Karen, Deepika's partner. What was he doing this whole time? He's cheating her. He's not sincere about that relationship, and then he goes on to like propose her. For what? You know, he just needed someone there to, like, pay his bills so he can focus on his writing. I think that's emotional cheating. Um, so there's that, too. Let's add that into the mix. I kind of felt really weird about his relationship with Tia. Like, the fact that they were closer. It was, too. That, I was going to get there. I was going to go the there. The fact that he yes, showed her the script before he showed his own, like, partner he was living oh with. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That made me so livid. Like, how could you? That alone... I could feel her rage. I could feel Dipika's rage. I would have kicked him out. I was like, not you, like, you know, living in my house, eating my food, and then showing her the script? How dare you, you know, to do that? Like, and then he's like... And that's an example. I get. As an artist, sometimes you do need an objective opinion. But why would he... Why did he establish or decide that Dipika, Alicia, would not have that? Tell me. You know, that kind of... In that scene, though, this is where I felt the director kind of... Or the story uh, screenwriters falling short a little bit because that was a lot more tell and not show. Tia comes out right saying, "Oh, like I read the script." Like you can kind of indicate to the audience you've read it in some type of indication, like talk about the plot or like, "Oh my god, that was so well done!" Like I loved this and this in your writing and like have a conversation with Garn. But I think like spelling it out, it felt a little bit not shotgun. The girls, uh, Tia and Alicia, never really get to have a moment. These are cousins that are meeting eight years apart on a vacation when, you, when you're supposed to be at a bit of an ease. They do not talk, which threw me off a little bit because there's so much that they could have um, achieved out of communication. I didn't feel like they were sisters or they claimed. Well, were they not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't really feel, you know, their... The sisterly connection. Uh-huh. But they don't even try it. Do you think? I think I also feel like, so this is also another um, layer, you know, um, I like, I am clocking myself saying that this was going to be a layered movie, but now I'm like, I'm living up to my word and I'm just scraping at the bottom of the barrel. Um, Tia, I feel like was a little bit, she stirred the pot a little bit. Where? Did you feel that way? I feel like, and then she goes like, oh. Oh my god. So when she uh, when they go to their house before she's leaving for the airport, she like announces to the room how good Karn's uh, script is. How good the the little, what, what is it called? The manuscript. She's like, it's so good. Voila. <laughs> and then Dipika's mad girl. She's about to beat a bitch up. And then she goes outside to Zane and she's like, oh, guess what? 
I felt like that was a little stirring the pot. I did enjoy it. I was like, yes, I live. Uh, but I feel like it was done on purpose. And there's several other points in the movie where she, you know, stirs the drama. Maybe not like a villain. Maybe not in a way that Zane would have done it. I think it's unknowingly done. I, but I think there's a level of innocence. It's annoyingly done. She's like, but yeah, there's a level of innocence and naivete. Like, I'm not going to yeah, blame her. It it's definitely on Garen. I do, but I I do feel like, okay, I definitely <laughs> felt like something was missing in Tia. I don't know. Maybe it was Ananya's acting. I definitely liked her in a serious role, but maybe her delivery wasn't quite there. It mm. just, you know, she had like the sad puppy face, like sisterly love. And I just like couldn't really feel it reciprocating mm. from Dipika. So I didn't like, I liked her acting, but I think the delivery maybe was just a little off. So I disagree with that. I feel like she came out as one of the brightest um, actors for me in this movie and characters. Like, she was one of my takeaways. Uh, I feel like she did a great job. Like, she played that wide-eyed, innocent Miss Girl, you know, always blending into the background and doesn't know a thing, is clueless. Uh, She played that clueless, poor little rich girl. And I feel like it was justified. And I see why did they scope her out for this role, because she's perfect. She has that little face. um, Okay, like, you know, sometimes she can be forgotten a little bit. And I feel like she was in this movie. I feel like the acting was there. She was there. And she did not do, uh, she did not go overboard. Like she did at times and still another year. Like she was trying to be that really dramatic actress. I don't think she went overboard. I don't think there were enough inflections for me. Like, I don't think, I felt like it was maybe two tone for me. Like, you know, she had like sad or like very cutesy vibe cutesy. like you know or and maybe, when she's like and questioning she's like still early mm-hmm. in her career i feel like i like the arc where she goes into this whole suspicious mode where she's like trying to you know unveil discover what her boyfriend's been up to i did like that arc for her because she really went there she goes there you know you see that little when she tries to sneakily check his phone as he goes out to buy her water or whatever uh and she like quickly shuts it down you know, I, I really did feel it there. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, she did. Yeah, deliver. we got to see like her character shine through for sure. Tia was a home, hopeless romantic, which is something that I really, really relate to. And when you are that way, when you're just, uh, you know, fallen in love or you're clueless a little bit, Renjim, you do not see, you see the world with a rose through a rose tinted glass. Um, and I think she did that. It could have been amped up more, and I feel like that's where the writing in the screenplay comes in place, because she's just presented as someone who's in and out in a lot of ways, and then is brought in when the plot starts to thicken. So um, it was maybe lacking there, but like I said in the beginning, I think the actors did a great job, and they did most of the heavy lifting. And for me, that's also true for Ananya, and I see why she's coming out as... Um, one of the takeaways for this movie. I think that she did an overall okay job, and I, like, look Mm. forward to more of her serious stuff. I think she can really, like, develop and grow there. Uh, She can pull the weight. Uh, She's more than capable, and I do hope she signs more work like this and actively, you know, goes out and gets these roles. I feel like she would thrive in it. Do you want to talk about that she was great? And I, I think we've seen her play a similar character like this. And similar, I feel like in an urban setting, she's an urban girl, upper middle class, modern, if you may. So we've seen her do this in Tamasha. We've seen her do this in Cocktail. And I, I think there was another movie, which I'm Piku. forgetting. Piku, to some extent, right? She was a working girl. Yeah, but more, that was more like setback. I feel like it's been a while since I watched Piku or some of her recent How do you work, feel so about Pipika in Gehanya? I'm really stood out. I think the last one maybe I watched was like Badmavad or no, Chapak. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I she was like so too. fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely loved her. Like, I got to see the different dynamics and like, she's just very pretty overall too. So you get to really observe the ocean vibes and like her beauty and just like she's oh, like gorge. the ideal sort of protagonist you know that keeps reoccurring and she was really she was really good i mean she was really point. in the gig is what you're trying to so, say so tell me okay i want to kind of dive deeper into this plot piece right do you think alicia you know she is stuff happens to her i don't know how deep we want to get into so spoilers spoilers you know what happens with her and zane is justified what happened to them both as characters in the end is justified or not no 
Do you think they got what they deserved? I don't believe in that, though, as a person. I, You know, there's good and bad, and there's karma, action and reaction, all of that. No, because the consequences would have been more severe. She was no more or more or less, how do you say it, at blame, uh, uh, complacent than Zane was. So, you know, if we go by that logic, I would have liked for her to have the same consequences as Zane does. But spoiler alert, he dies. He drowns to death, pushed by Dipika accidentally. Not pushed by her, but like he accidentally drowns um, and then does not make Here's it. Here's my take. Yes, she did things that were not great, but she didn't plan no. for his death. He was planning for his de- her death. He was planning for by hers. mixing up the potions. Okay, I get he that. wanted to get rid of a liability. Which I did want to bring up in a different tangent. Yeah, hmm. he wanted to get rid of her as a no. liability because the papers weren't getting signed and she needed constant attention because she was pregnant. So something had to let go and get those um, property papers. Well, done. okay, before I say anything. That I just remembered, she does have a miscarriage in the showers after she, uh, you know, comes back home from the boat. Right. Uh, she does have a miscarriage. So, yeah, she does face some consequences because I think she really wanted that child really, really badly. She wanted that baby and she wanted to take care of it. Um, but I also feel like she wanted it so she could have more territory over Zane so she could make him leave uh, Tia. So... Again, going back to your question, was it justified? I don't think these things are justified. I think such as life. And she had a hard, hard life. Like, living up... Uh, like, it's... Okay, it's hard enough to live without a parent. To lose a parent early on. Right. It's hard enough. And for her to have witnessed, spoiler alert, her mom's suicide so graphically... Um, really gave her lifelong anxiety, and not just that. Oh, I could feel she it. She was afraid. She was scared. Yeah, she was scared shitless. I if, think those she's are gonna one end of... up like her mother. Yeah, I mean, you know? they're really triggering scenes for me personally. Uh, but I think if that's what Shukin wanted to convey. It definitely came across, like how traumatized she was from her own mom passing. You know, and she didn't want that. She to happen was, to but I think that the larger point. Hmm, the larger, which which makes me believe, and I've written it down too, it, I think it drives a larger point home, is do we eventually become our parents? Is this a reason why when we go into therapy, which by personal experience I have been, these are the first questions that they ask you. They ask you your whole parental history. Uh, they make a family tree. And now it got me really thinking. And I'm like, is this why? Do we, is there a chance like karmatically, whatever, that we become our parents. Do you want to weigh in on that? No, I think it's sort of this existing question that happens in like the famous Shakespearean reads or the Greek reads, anywhere you go, like, are we following our parents' Mm. footsteps? Like, not just like career-wise or whatever we, you know, but like the literal life decisions, right? Like, and I know sometimes physical things do exist, like addictions, right? But this is maybe like a different take, right? Yeah, and like so, not so much genetic. It's are we more. Into them? Sorry, yeah, like, it's yeah. not so much genetic. It's more uh, carnal. You know that this is like this is going to happen. Like mother, like daughter. The apple falls from the same tree. Whatever. Uh, I feel like it was very that. Like it's just one of the conclusive uh, points that the movie makes. And I say this because uh, you look at Tia and then you look at her mom. Both are hopeless romantics but like clueless partners. They did not know what the partners were up to until the very end of it. Alicia, uh, you know, gets into this infidel relationship with someone related in the family, um, and she deals with like mental health issues. She's like depressed out of her mind. Uh, Zane becomes abusive and a literal pushover. Yeah, I mean, they need help. You know, uh, Daria, I don't know. I can't say anything. I felt like he wasn't given a backstory, so I don't know what to say about him. Maybe his parents were lazy, um, and he becomes that. Lazy and noncommittal. <laughs> that was a joke. So, yes, no, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, complexity. I can't really say yes, no, maybe. Like, of course, like, you know, there's so many behaviors that we start mm-hmm. replicating without even noticing like we subconsciously Knowing, do it yeah oh yes oh honey there's so many times i want to dive deep into um alicia's relationship with her father 
And of course, we love seeing Jonathan Shah. You know, literally one of the acting gods, if there are. He always pops up in this type of role, always there to impart wisdom and being very patient. Like, what were your takeaways from those scenes? I thought they were so blissful and just, ah. I want to revisit those dialogues again and again. You do? Well, before I say anything, I want to add, I think it's really cute and like also karma in a little way. Like what goes around comes around because Nasiru Lin Shah was a part of the movie Masum. Uh, which is one of the earliest movies in Bollywood that I have seen that talk about um, infidelity or like a domestic norm. So I feel like it was great that they had him in there. It just, it took me by surprise later on. Like, so some of the casting is feeling intentional to me, right? Um, and now coming back to your question, he definitely did add weight. Um, and I feel like he does that in any movie that he's in. And he tends to exist in movies like you know, where he was this uh, estranged father who Farhan's find, Farhan finds out later in life when he goes on this vacation. I feel like there was another movie where he's done that. But Deepika, Finding Fanny, right? Different role, but kind of the same. Um, there's another movie that I can't name uh, right now, not on the top of my head. But yes. I, I did feel like that did. Uh, they saved it for the end. They saved the goods for the last. Um, his, he really pulled through. And it stayed with me too. Like, And I was so happy that they, you know, maybe I'm just a sucker for like happy endings. And I feel like she got her happy ending in a way. Like she strayed away from this great father who's like kept a secret to his heart that he was wanting to take to his grave because he does not reveal it. And then he imparts some wisdom onto her and he catches on a lot of things a little early on. A lot like Tia's mother. You know, he, he knows that why did Zane storm into the room and take her pills? That he's not that much, that great of a character. He literally asks... Are yeah, you in trouble? Much earlier on than uh, he he wants to know how he can get her out of trouble because he's maybe experienced a lot of tragedy in the past or similar things. Has. He wants to be there, whether or not she wants to have him in his life. He was there, you know, um, in the elevator having that mm. one-on-one conversation. So, and the wisdom he imparts that that knowledge of whether she knew who was her biological father mm. or whatnot that's so crucial like he took he her as did, own. which he was a dad yeah period. i know it is foreshadowed a little bit earlier in the movie right where he is telling off her mom he's like there can only be there can always be a new beginning right he says that but then it's shown in a different context right because she's always seen him in this um um antagonist antagonizing light so I think that was important. That was another like reveal. Yeah, it stayed with me too, but I did not know how to articulate it. Um, I also love that scene where she is leaving him to go to the wedding. And he's like, you know, you're here so much. Why don't you just stay, whatever. And she's like, yeah, that is why I'm arranging for you to come to me full time. I think that was really sweet. I, I liked the inclusions of parents uh, into the plot, right. I feel like it really drives a bigger point home again. And maybe Deepika was not her mother. Maybe she was her father. So tell me, how did you feel about the ending? What do you think was going to happen? Are we going to get a good idea too? I loved it. I, I feel like what a great cliffhanger. It left me wondering too, because I, I did not know how the movie was going to end. When she, when Tia tags her, she's tagged in the story. She's on her way to Karn's wedding um, or engagement party. I don't know. I don't remember what, uh, some, some form of a celebratory event. And then the same auntie pops up uh, who they, they, they rescued them. Um, earlier on in the movie, right? Which I thought was, I'm like, why is this happening? But then I was like, girl, they got me. They got me good. It's always the it's past, always right? the past. Kind of coming. Coming back. I do have to say, Shakun did a really good job. You know why? I was so, in, like, just engaged. I was like, mm -hmm. what is going to happen? Is she going to spill the truth? Because she knows her name by heart? Or is she just going to catch up with her? And we will never know. But I was so engaged. And I know at that moment, in that moment, I knew that Shukun created this cinematic universe where I was just like, I want to know right now what happens next. So he did a really great job. There is a possibility that there could be a sequel because the movie as a streaming um, has been successful. There is there is a possibility. I just don't know what they would do. Yes, it does lead, leave us just wondering, you know, at a cliffhanger if there's 
if there's going to be um, an addition to the movie, the cinematic universe. She was also like, what? She had dementia, right? But then again, she also mentions earlier on in the movie, remember when she's like, oh, I remember things. When her husband's like, I can't remember everything. I can't remember to keep my phone. And she's like, I'm just as old as you. I remember all the details. So maybe she does remember. Maybe it's going to open up another, uh, you know, can of worms. Uh, I would love to see it because I felt like eventually, this is my takeaway, is that Geraya needed more intensity, it needed more drama, it needed more tension for for it to be a better watch uh, for a largely Desi audience because we love that. We love a popcorn drama. And I know he was trying to give us this indie, you know, very uh, hard at the crux of it kind of movie. Uh, with intensity, but it did not cut it for me. It left me wanting more. When it ended, I was like, oh, okay. Took me a second to, like, gather my thoughts. So, yeah, it felt a little uh, lackluster. No, I I don't think... Okay, we are smart. Like, audience is smart. They know exactly what they're watching. But I think there was not enough show. There was a lot of tell in some scenes, like paperwork and this and that, right? You could have dove in just a tad bit more but i understand like you know the movie on its own was two and a half hours like should it even have been that much right so could have chopped it in half chopped this movie by like 45 seconds and it could have been a breezier watch then maybe if i wasn't so tired at the end of it like an hour and a half would have been enough to suffice the plot because it wasn't much to it and just have those peaks and valleys you know very easily yeah, achieved. Yeah, but overall, I think, like, ruminating on it, when I look back, I enjoyed the experience. Yeah, it was really mm-hmm. emotionally consuming, but I guess such is life, right? And we all have complexities to our life that exists in such ways, so it was a sliver into that realm. But, you know, I, I enjoyed the dialogues. I enjoyed the pretty people, the pretty scenes, um, the boat, right? And seeing how things fall apart for different humans, so it, it gave me variety, gave me depth. There were songs now that it's all like a lot of people have seen it and I've heard different commentary from different groups. Some people, you know, who enjoy different types of content, they were like, yeah, it wasn't like great. And like, but like, do you actually watch like film festival movies? Like, do you actually like care for cinema or are you just saying it? Cause like the plot wasn't to your liking, you know? So it makes you really think, right? No, let me answer that for you. Let me answer that for you. And not to be a film snob, I don't watch a lot of festival movies. And these days, because, you know, do realize that we're still reeling from the pandemic. So it's it's not the best of the times for a lot of us, right? I feel like some of us, more than the others, just need an escape. We need that escapist, large-scale Bollywood movie. And I feel like that is why people were maybe underwhelmed because it gave them a whole lot of nothing um, that they were looking forward to. Oh, I agree. I mean, same. That's why I said it was like very emotionally consuming because at the yes. end, I wasn't like proud of any character or I wasn't like... <laughs> were you a mess? Sad, Wait, you know? did you cry? Like, did you shed a tear? I didn't. No, I didn't. I wasn't like super attached to Me these either. characters. Um, sometimes, and I do, yeah, I'm a cryer. I never get a chance to... You know, I like the relationship mending that happened between, you know, Alicia and her father. That was probably, like, one of the highlights. But um, other than that, I just... That was the Tatsun scene. Exactly. I, I get it. It's not other the escape Other than that, film. it was just, it that... felt like we're watching these pretty people. Hmm. It's not an escape film. No, it's not. Yeah. And I feel like, which is why a lot of people are not coming around to celebrate it. And understandably so. Understandably so. And I... I you know how nuanced that someone like Karin Johar, who's known for that escapist, large-scale drama cinema, is like greenlighting something like a Geranya. I think he's he's you know he's grown as a director. Maybe he understood the appeal of it. And I I knew it from the beginning. This film is not going to appeal to the masses, but for what it is, I think it's done a great job. Uh, it spoke to a lot of people. Um, I feel like I feel like it spoke to people that it was gonna speak to anyway. Um, the the songs have gone viral. It's every other reel on, on Instagram is like, oh, dude, really? so yeah, everyone <laughs> eats. Everyone eats. Everyone's happy. I think it did a great job uh, with the movie. It was. It was uh, my my parting thoughts are. Uh, it was good. 
It was not great for shotgun level, but I will take it. It's much deserved. I will take it. I will eat. Even waiting. Yeah, we will. We will we will, wait we and need it during this pandemic era. Now, let's talk about what's happening. Alia is at Berlinale. She looks stunning. Tell me your thoughts on the on the Gungubai trailer. Uh, I'm enjoying her little promo run for Gungubai. I think it's a little too early because the movie comes out on the 25th, right? It comes out Friday, next week. Friday. Is that? Oh, that's soon. Okay, so... Yeah, she's at Berlin all at the perfect time. Okay, so about the promo run, let me just say, the promo's a little bit inspired. All the white paisley, the gold saris, and the flowers and the hair. Uh, you know who did it first. By your sonum. You know who did Yes, she did. And I feel like, you know, credit should be uh, given where credit's needed. So, yeah, she, she did the promo run first, and... Um, I'm glad that Aliyah is going with the same strategy. And Sanjay uh, Bansali is all praises for Aliyah. I know this is a first for me. I think he's, you know, he stopped doing interviews for a bit, but he he always comes back and like praises his muses and whatever gives them the due credit. Uh, so I'm glad that they're they, they're getting along. You have to sell he, your muse yeah. at uh, a yeah. film festival as big as Berlinale. Just to give some context, Berlinale is one of the five oh, yeah. major festivals in the world. So, getting your movie premiered there, Ooh. huge deal. I mean, she was there for... Gully Boy? Gully Boy. Yeah, that was there, too. So, a little bit about Gangu by Gathiavardi. It's an upcoming Hindi-language film. It's a biographical, uh, you know, crime drama uh, directed by our very own Sanjay Lopensali and produced by Ajanti Algara and Sanjay. Uh, the movie's about... Uh, Miss Ganga Harjeevan Das, um, also known as Gangubai um, Gatiavari, which I think her last name was Gotevali, and then it's been translated to Gujarati now, right? Who is a female mafia don and madam of a brothel, and I think she partakes into some, some form of local politics as well as what we see in the trailer. Um, there's other characters in the movie. There's Ajay Devgan making an appearance. Uh, there's Vijay Raz. As Burju and Razia, pause. Well, we're going to get to that later. But then the crux of the movie is, you know, this biopic. I, I feel like that's the theme. That's the unsung theme of our podcast today. We're talking about these unsung heroes. Um, and I think Aliyah Pat is every unsung hero in this movie. She's helming this film. Um, and you know, how many years has this been in the making that she finally has her own film that she is, um, so she's like running start us the off, show. what did you think about the trailer itself? Okay. So, uh, right off the bat, um, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful to look at. And I know I sound, you know, it's cliche every Bansali film is going to be beautiful. It's going to be gorgeous, but there, there was something dark about this. Uh, this trailer you know and it had that underlying energy like you, you look at the visuals and you're like hey like cool blue mid-tones there's like a sepia there's like you know these aqua uh all these tones and like a lot of white she goes from like and sorry i'm like a visual person i'm i'm a designer so like i see i notice these things her wardrobe went from like white uh, like paisley blue to like an ivory, like embroidered gold. Then it goes to like red and white. So, you know, a lot of symbolism as you see uh, her journey. But I think all in all, I felt like the trailer almost did not do justice to the movie that we're going to see. I felt it was a little disjointed. It felt like all these, like, they were like, okay, like, what are the pivotal dialogues in the movie? Let's cut them, chop them up, and then put them together with no really, with no such adhesive that, like, ties it all together. Because it felt very disjointed, is the word that I'm looking for. Oh, absolutely. It was very incohesive. And yeah, I definitely felt like there were a lot of moments that they extracted that were very hype moments and very much like dialogue, power, you know, yeah. moments. But, you know, a lot of like maybe even propaganda and they're very inspiring, but it just a whole lot of smoke. It's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. The other piece I this is how I felt is like 
Alia has like a little bit of a smaller stature. Like that's how I perceived her when I initially started watching her in Student of the Year Two and like some of the films that she's done lately. Of course, with like Rosie and Kalung, she's had a little mm-hmm. bit more of a larger role. But it's really interesting to see her kind of play this larger than life, huge you know role with someone with absolutely not you know no care nonchalance and she's trying to get her way it reminds me in a way of Begum john you know when she's kind of the woman in charge of the brothel right so i wonder mm. we'll have similar outcomes right women trying yeah. to run a place where women are often looked down upon or have very very little power under British, under the imperialism, under colonization, yeah, the whole separation era. I I get that. I I do see where you're drawing the similarities. You know, I had a thought. I had a thought uh, as you were saying this is, this is Aliyah's House of Gucci. <laughs> this is her. Like she's done her Star Is Born. She's done her Hotel Like American Horror Story. This is her House of Gucci. This is the Oscar bait role. Um, of course, in an Indian uh, subtext, in a Bollywood uh, context, this is the role that, you know, she needed to, like, establish herself. And like like I said, it's like a benchmark for her career. So, you know, really shows us where how far she's come. Going from the, you know, Shania and like, Student of the Year, which I thought was a great role for, a, for an introduction. She was all of, like, 18 years old. Um, and to to be here now and to be delivering this heavy, heavy dialogue but like so much weight to it. Gorgeous. I, I, I'm only, I only cared for her. Honestly, I was like, this is great for her. I'm rooting for her. You know, let's see. What are some of the things you picked up on? Well, I definitely picked up on Mr. Vijay Raz, who's playing a trans character. Mm-hmm. Um, who goes by Razia Bai in the movie, and is you know he makes several appearances, and um, let me just say this, Ram, I'm not happy yet again. And, and what was yeah, this? Tell like, me why. But but I though it was last week, and I was unhappy about cis people, cis straight people playing queer characters, and yet again we get another trailer where like this just cis straight man is playing a trans woman, and it's. It's jarring to look at. It's I don't like it. It's like it's irresponsible casting. I it's unethical. Like when I get, you know, I get it and I appreciate that again these stories are being told that you're wanting to tell the story from like a trans person's a trans woman's perspective. But where are the trans actors? Where are they? Why are they not being cast for these roles? And Bransali, out of all people, who's like queer himself, could not cast a trans woman for this role. I mean, I'm baffled, you know. And then I saw everyone go up in praises, which is kind of like the domino effect of all this, is people praising Vijay Raz. And I'm like, there you go. Like, any opportunity that he could have, any doors that he could have opened for a trans woman and the representation is gone now because people are going to, you know, give him the accolades. He's going to be the one who will be, like, praised for this role, you know. But then again, it does nothing for trans women. And I know I'm deviating, but I just have to say it is, please cast queer people for queer roles. Yeah, I this I think this is a very important point. And no, you're not deviating. This needs to absolutely be talked about. Now, my question to you here is... Do you think it falls on the casting director's head that they need to be doing this? Or do you think it falls on Sanjay? Or do you think Sanjay needs to also have some type of ownership if that type of casting isn't going the way it should be going? Obviously, money speaks. and Yeah, so the way I want to answer this, money talks and business. it's a business uh, at the end of the day. I get, I get all that. Yeah, Vijay isn't going to give up his role. Just because... Yeah, and he shouldn't have to. But then again, my problem is that this role should not have come up to him in the first place. You know, my problem is that these uh, these huge avant-garde directors, and even the smaller ones, you know, um, they watch international cinema. They're exposed to it. They attend the festivals. I'm sure they've seen, uh, you know, movies that have... I'm sure they've heard of 
a pose, um, a series uh, which had an all trans casting, all trans actors, um, and then MJ ended up winning the Emmy. She was the best actress, and not the best trans actress. She was the best actress in that role. So this, this what I'm saying is they're seeing the revolution happening as we speak all around them. So it's another job as filmmakers, as storytellers, to bring some of that revolution here too. You know, is everything now a business decision? And then again, I think it's a little bit unfair to presume that trans actors will not bring you business, that trans actors will not do justice to this role. Because like, and I don't mean any disrespect, but then again, is Vijay Raj, is he a mass actor? Has he been known to pull numbers? So to speak, was he the reason to be cast in this role? No. To be fair, no. You know, this could have just as well been going to, and not to undermine his talent. You know, he's amazing. Not to undermine him in any way, but I feel like this character just could have gone to a talented trans actor. Why are we assuming that they're, they're not around? This was absolutely Sunday's job. He's the director and the producer of this movie. This was an executive decision that he could have made and he could have put his foot down. If he can do it for the wardrobe, you know, if he's like, I'm not going to film unless there's like perfect lighting. If he can put his foot down for the aesthetics department, he can 1000% do it to hire a trans actor. I think there should be more conversation around this topic. Yeah. I'm most looking forward to seeing how this uh, movie can go by plays out. You know, I'm wondering if it's going to be like Bigum John or it's going to have a different outcome. And we kind of know what the outcome is like with a lot of Sanjay's movies. So I wonder if this will be any different, you know, but it's still very fun to watch attire with everyone's styling costumes, right? We're very much looking to this old Mumbai era. It kind of reminds me of like, the set of Salvaria yeah. in a way, you know? Salvaria was much darker, more blue, more aquamarine. It was, they, went, they really went into the marine. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, 60s Bollywood is, I'm excited. I'm, I want to, you know, I want the fashion and everything about it is just so glamorous. And I feel like that's a period that's missed out on so much. And yeah, I'm excited it's coming back with Gungu, man. Yeah, so that was the Gungu trailer and the movie comes out. Yeah. February 25th in cinemas. And we'll be back to talk about it soon as it drops. You're listening to Jubby Pod, a Bollywood podcast by your hosts, Rem and Priley. We'll be back again next week. With a new topic, a new trailer, and a new movie. With our thoughts, analysis, and feelings about them. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And we hope you have a bindas rest of the week. Signing off now. Ciao. Ciao.